everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. So today's episode is another interview-based episode, and later this week, I plan on dropping another solo-based episode, either on the topic of nihilism or kind of clarifying some of um, Jordan Peterson's psychology points and bringing in some popular figures such as Rationality Rules and Genetically Modified Skeptic, who are popular on YouTube. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. But today's guest is, I'm really excited for you all to to listen to this conversation because it's Shane Moss. Uh, I, basically, I found out about him a couple years ago when he was doing, I think it was on Comedy Central. He's doing a bit on Comedy Central. Uh, he's, he's a comedian and he did this bit on LSD trips and it was just, it was hilarious. But he also, the reason why I went and checked him out, I found out he has a podcast, the Here We Are podcast where Shane interviews the world, you know, leading academics about some very fascinating behaviors of people and scientific stuff. And he, he makes it funny, he puts this funny spin and comedic spin on it while keeping it very educational. So that's why I really hope you all check that out. And he also has, you know, he has a new documentary film, Psychonautics, a comics exploration of psychedelics, and he's just doing all sorts of stuff. He's been on Jimmy Kimmel Live, um, the Joe Rogan Experience, Mark Marin's um, podcast, and Theo Vaughn's podcast, Duncan Trussell's podcast. I know the, these are popular podcasts with my audience, so I know... You might have heard of him, but if you haven't, you need to check him out. So, I give you Shane Moss, and let's enter the labyrinth. Yeah, man. Uh, cool. So... Um, yeah, I guess, I guess the first thing I'm interested in asking you just because I will, you know, I listened to you on other podcasts, but kind of how you went from kind of the, the comedy side of things and then getting into the whole like science and psychedelics and then maybe even like getting into how you got motivated to do your, start your podcast. Here we are. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'm just been really interested in that as well. Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I wanted to be a comedian since I was like nine years old. I actually got finally like moved, um, from Wisconsin where I'm from and, and moved to Boston. And I started out there when I was 23, um, to pursue my dreams and, and, uh, actually like, um, kind of like five years in, I kind of had accomplished all of the things that I had that I thought were going to take like quite a bit longer. And it also made me like question what I wanted out of life and <laughs> what I was, what my motivations were. And by this time I was like nearing 30. Um, and so I just kind of, um, I guess I wasn't like huge into science, but I was always when I was reading, I was reading science books or picking up like science magazines in the airport or anything like that. And like at the time watching Ted talks and stuff before they turned into just like motivational speeches, um, back when <laughs> they a good used point, to have yeah. like actual <laughs> substance. Um, and, um, and so, you know, I, I just kind kind of was getting more and more into, that aspect of things want wanting to talk about life more and not finding um like politics or news to be like terribly interesting or saying all that much about some of the underlying things that i was finding um you know interesting about say psychology or whatever and uh and it just built and built and i eventually started reaching out to scientists and trying to collaborate on science and comedy shows. My podcast, mm -hmm. Here We Are, came out of that because I was just having the most interesting conversations in my life with these scientists. And I just thought, like, why isn't, why don't people know this stuff? And I was like, well, I can just do a podcast. And, and just if I was Hell just yeah. recording these conversations that I'm already having, and I already had podcasting experience. I already had a bit of an audience and everything else from comedy. 
And I started, and I, at the same time, I was putting more and more science into my act. So I was like departing from doing like regular late night stuff and regular comedy club stuff and changing the way that I did my act. And, yeah. um, and, and that, that's how it all. And, and then I eventually started doing DIY stuff because comedy clubs were like not necessarily the best platform, um, to do like, uh, uh, 45 minute set about like biology or whatever. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I just found it a lot easier to, um, to eventually start producing my own shows. And, and that really kicked off when I happened to put a show together about psychedelics, which just happened to be one of my interests. And it happened to be one of the interests that took off for me and got me attention um and so then i like guess i became known as some like psychedelic comedian i guess and still sort of am yeah i i like kind, kind of, of how i know back. you if i'm honest yeah <laughs> yeah that's most people but that I, that's not that was never my intention um it's fine right. it's cool i like the psychedelic community um i wasn't a part of the psychedelic community before i started doing shows about psychedelics um, I became a part, I got like s invited into the community after I was already putting together my own shows and, uh, and liked it a lot. But, um, you know, for me, psychedelics are a tool into understanding our mind and ourselves. And that's, and so for me, it was just as much about like, Oh, here's a here's a nice gateway into science. Psychedelics are my gateway drug into science <laughs> for people. And when you talk about psychedelics, it's a really easy gateway into talking about perception and philosophy and true, very true. Uh, the main meanings of life and cognitive biases and culture and many of the things that I'm interested in talking about on my science podcast here we are which i rarely actually talk about psychedelics on but um but i when i'm a guest on other people's podcasts <laughs> they always want to ask me about psychedelics which is like which is awesome it's fun yeah. that i get to talk about uh talk about drugs a bunch and have people go like wow that drug user really seems to know <laughs> what he's talking about i'm gonna check out his science show dude yeah that's that's yeah that's funny and that's yeah, that's so cool. That's why I wanted to ask you because I was just fascinated by kind of your your background and the broad range of interests because I had a similar experience with, you know, people like to talk about politics, for example, and I just got so drained by by those conversations in like everyday life and working in that. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> What's a way I can have conversations with people where, you know, sure you have some opportunities in life but also where it's it's not weird where you're like hey you're like a cool person can i like call you and let's let's talk about this for an hour no one wants yeah. to do that right so yeah, it's yeah. you know one way to one way to do it is be like oh come on my podcast yeah <laughs> um, yeah yeah so that's one way and and then also like kind of the the psychedelic route on on my part is is it's been a similar kind of but also a recent transition of mine because yeah, like, I don't know, my title of my show is the philosophy guy. So I was definitely used to be way more philosophy focused, but I wanted to create a segue into being able to talk about, you know, basically anything from science, consciousness, life, whatever it is. And psychedelics seem to be something like a springboard for people to be like, Oh yeah, I connect with that. I can, I can do that. So yeah. So I guess, I mean, this is maybe this is a segue to, to talk about it. It's like go off of what you kind of said is because because part of the reason I also wanted to have you on is I I, I liked your skeptical mind around uh, yeah not kind of everybody does <laughs> no I do because I yeah. I have to I kind of watch myself on who I ask on within the psychedelic community because sometimes I'm like okay like I like talking about the way you're talking about. But also, I don't want people to perceive me as, oh, he he he's one of those one of those hippies yeah. type of thing, right? So yeah. I, I like the skepticism and trying to connect with science. So this this leads into this question: is yeah. kind of what do you think 
the relationship of psychedelics and consciousness is? Well, I mean, gosh, there's a lot of ways to <laughs> take it wherever you want. <laughs> Whew. Um, it's a good question. And it's a big question. There's a lot of entry points there. I mean, the, the stuff that, you know, the, the stuff that I only found myself found out about in recent years was like the neuroscience of psychedelics inhibiting this default mode network, which is kind of like the controller, the kind of the, um, um, the, uh, uh, the re- the redu- uh, the reduction valve or whatever the mm-hmm. reducing valve between all of your inner world all of that content all of your past experience all those different motives the many hats that we wear in life the many emotional states that we experience in life are kind of being fed to us one by one through this reducing valve of the default mode network and so we are you know one aspect of who we are experiencing one or maybe two emotions, um, you know, at a given time that we can like really have a, mm-hmm. have a sense of. Uh, and, um, and when that um, default mode network is inhibited, all, all of those, um, I really like the, the, the term, which, which was really the, to show you like how, um, how I'm not like on the cutting edge of any of this stuff. Um, but, but the idea of a, um, non-specific amplifier is, hmm. uh, is a term that's, that's getting used a little more broadly in the psychedelic community. And I really like it, um, because it, it because it's like, it is such a mix bag of your internal, um, content or, or the yeah. things that you're going to tap into and so so rather than like this person seems depressed here is a pill that we give them for their depression to manage this symptom of an underlying thing this person is anxious here is a pill that will act on their anxiety um psychedelics are just like Hey, whatever's floating around in there is going to come up <laughs> randomly. You might go into the experience wanting to like see God. And instead you, you have like the most humbling experience of your life and realize you're just another primate and, and a speck of dirt or whatever. And, and this blip of existence, you might go into it wanting to uh, have a real scientific take on, on your mind and see God. You, you might, you might want to tackle your depression and end up having the hardest you've ever laughed for four hours straight. You know, it's just such a it's such a mixed bag. And um, and so that's a bit of like what the experience is like, kind of interpreted in some kind of mm-hmm. neuroscience, scientific <laughs> yeah. jargon um, for me the origin story before I knew any of those terms or any, anything that like we dress this stuff up and it was just a, you know, it was basically just a journey into our internal contents of the mind. It's just a way of gaining as, um, access into aspects of your mind that you don't normally, that, I believe are always there that are always running in the background yeah. and you don't normally have conscious access to, I mean, there's, there's things within the psychedelic experience that like say some visual hallucination or something like that. That's not always there. So, you know, it's more just like, that's, that's the outcome of, of your brain making novel connections that it's never made before or, or what have you. But, um, but for me, it's it's just about, um, you know, here's a really simple way of thinking about the relationship of the conscious and subconscious world. I'm blabbing right now. 
you you without a doubt have several things that you could say about the things that I'm saying right now. <laughs> you aren't saying them yet. And then eventually when I stop blabbing, you're going to say something. And as far as any of us know, and as far as any listener knows, when you say something, that is like what was on your mind to say. Even though you might have five different things that you're right. selecting, we don't have access to those five different things. So so like the inherent feel of it is that you're just saying the one thing that's on your mind. That's all there is. There, that There's a similar kind of relationship between your conscious thought and, and your subconscious for for every idea that one has, you might have had your your inner worlds might have been simulating ten other ideas for how I could have presented this information or what, and you just don't. It, one, you don't have access to it normally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's ways of doing meditation and mindfulness practices and stuff, and noting things, noting memories, noting dreams, but. Um, but not only do you not have access to it, but you just don't find yourself thinking about it very much. When you have True. a great idea in the shower, you just go, holy crap, I just had a great idea. You rarely think, I just had a great idea, and I wonder what other 10 ideas were just right below the surface that I didn't get to see. And that's a lot of what the psychedelic experience is like, is seeing more of those things that are kind of below the surface. That's a, I really like the way you put that. Cause, cause when you started saying about how like, oh, like I have thoughts going through my head right now. And I was like, yeah, I do. It's, yeah. And you're like, you're like picking like, oh, where do I take this? I could take it this route. I could take it this route. And then you kind of just fall, like I'm falling on this one as I'm speaking right now, just yeah. to like address it this way. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I really connect with the way you said it too, because the way I always think of the the psychedelic experience and its kind of connection to consciousness is, yeah, it's kind of just giving you access to your subconscious. And a lot of people in the psychedelic community like to connect it to Carl Jung, for example, of like basically your, your shadow self and your subconscious. Sometimes it gives all that stuff starts coming up all at once. And that's why some people have an overwhelming experience because they're just all of a sudden they didn't know that shit was there. And then woof, it's just all at once you're like whoa i'm really yeah. fucked up <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah and what the other I, interesting thing i find about the, like the psychedelic experience too from that is that's maybe like like if you ever record yourself which maybe some people don't want to do but if you record yourself and you like go back after you kind of have like your rational brain come back in you're like wow i make no fucking sense mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's be- i think part of that is because like what you said it's just you had all these ideas that you're not really able to like pick and choose as much. They just, they just happen. You don't really, it's almost like you in a way have like less of a choice. It's kind of, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. And it just keeps coming and coming and coming. And sometimes it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's interesting to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on there. There's uh, I mean, one, not every idea that you listen back to, was a bad idea sometimes agreed how you scribbled it down on the piece of paper uh was was not the best way of remembering it and then that's also so context dependent and in the Mm moment i mean we're all i mean life is an inside joke it's it's all (laughs) it's all inside jokes and it's just some of them other people relate to and sometimes mm-hmm. we find ways of conveying those those kind of like inside um, jokes, not just jokes, but thoughts and everything else. And so, so you know, it's it's very state dependent. So, mm-hmm. so you might you might do mushrooms again and have that idea come back and have and see it again and be like, oh, that's what I meant by that. That actually is a fantastic idea. I just don't know exactly how to communicate it to non-tripping Shane <laughs> who speaks a very different language and whose brain works very differently and is in a different um, state. So there's a little bit of that. And then there's a little bit of, you know, when we're sitting around waiting to talk, we have a little more to select from just like when our inner worlds are running simulations 
deciding what to project into our conscious thought or what memories to show us to deduce where we might have misplaced our car keys or whatever. Um, that once the communication opens, then you then you've you've turned the faucet on, and now the ideas. So I, you know, I might have had some interesting things to say, and now I'm saying a bunch of things. Now my inner world just has like lots less time to put together the words that are coming out of my mouth, but I have this momentum going, so I'm going to keep blabbing. And then, you know, listening back to it afterwards, mm. it probably will sound like, well, I was off to a good start there. And then as I kept going, some of the stuff got a little washy and deteriorated a little bit, just because your brain just simply can't keep up with, um, you know, maybe it can for a certain amount of time. But if you had to sit and talk for 24 hours straight, for whatever reason, the pressure was on, um, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't just be it wouldn't just be gem after gem um, coming out of your mouth. So so there there's just a, there's a lot. I don't know. There's a lot going on there. And also in the psychedelic experience. There seems like there's something i don't know if it's because of the default mode network um going up but there's something messing with the ability to evaluate the quality of thoughts and ideas like every observation is just as important and significant as every other observation mm -hmm. <laughs> whereas like in regular life your to-do list is kind of we have lots of things that we have to do in a given day and your inner worlds are trying seemingly trying their best to be like today you need to do your taxes today you need to do this um uh, you, you know record this podcast the things that are maybe the most, you know, there's a number of criteria I imagine our inner worlds are using to deliver that to-do list to us, but it's some, it's often somewhat in order. Our relationship might, like, I don't want to do my fucking taxes. So even though that should be number one on my list, I might be bumping it down. But the point is, is that. You still feel anxiety to do that though. Which is yeah, there's, probably not with the psychedelic experience. In the psychedelic experience, it's like that thing that's like number 100 on your regular to-do list seems like just <laughs> as much of a priority and just as significant as the thing. It, it seems like the ability to yeah. like rank things gets gets a little that's shaky. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I, like it's almost like you, we, we create, because that's, that's why like, you're, you're right like every thought you have you're like wow that's profound and, it, uh -huh. and everything just kind of is on this level playing field of interest for you like oh wow oh wow you're just looking left and right and you're just finding everything so interesting and then mm -hmm. then you i guess you could say like your ego brain or your rational brain whatever you want to call it you, you the you that you define yourself as comes back in and it has it has a it doesn't have the, the little level playing field that has this hierarchy yeah. of hmm what, what should i do today oh i have to do my job because I need to make rent for the month or I need to do X, Y, and Z to, you know, have, live a better life, whatever it is. And yeah, all that stuff, those, those things you found so interesting, sometimes we do kind of just forget about them. But yeah, I, th I still think, you know, even after the experience, they play a role in what people end up valuing in their hierarchy. It's like, right. Like when you when you when you're in that experience, you're valuing everything, and you're kind of just ex what it is to experience. Maybe maybe this is the way to put it: it's it, what it is to experience those things, whatever it is, whatever random weird psychedelic thought you had. You're like, oh wow, that's that's profound. And then like you never would have thought of that <laughs> in like the everyday mm -hmm. life because it just doesn't doesn't enter your purview because you're like, I don't I don't give a shit about that. But then like yeah. afterwards, you might be like, oh, you can go through all those things that you found so interesting. You'd be like, oh, yeah, that one's actually pretty cool. Maybe I'm going to enter this into my value structure. Maybe it's 
and, and that, I think this is where people end up, you know, after they have a profound experience, quote unquote, you know, that's different for every person, I guess, but they pick up art or they pick up doing some sort of musical instrument or maybe they decide to go and like do comedy, for example, or, you know, I, the, the list is endless of what they <laughs> end up deciding to do. But I think that's, what's like really interesting about it of how it gives you access to your subconscious, gives you all these thoughts, starts making you think everything you think is really interesting because it's you evaluating you in a weird way. And then all of a sudden you're like, huh, yeah, I can do some of this stuff in my normal everyday life. And I, f- I find that really interesting. Yeah. And I, and maybe, you know, like if the idea of making homemade candles is something that you've thought about 1000 times in your life and never acted on that mm-hmm. psychedelic experience was what you needed to be like, oh, yeah, just fucking make a candle already. <laughs> if you're thinking about this thing so much, just right. do it. Who cares? Exactly. And, it, you know, so there's a, there's another thing going on there, too, which is which is, you know, some of some of where I think we screw ourselves over in terms of um, in terms of integration is we tend to blab about our, we, we tend to want to share our experience with others, sometimes with not the most receptive crowd. And then we have those ideas poo pooed as well, um, mm-hmm. because because they do seem most of these things that like intellectually seem quite obvious is because there was another, there's another thing going on with, you know, it's one thing to have an intellectual epiphany of like, wow, I have never thought uh, or considered that concept before. And then there's another one where you can have something that a million people have told you to like go for a jog or you've thought it a million times or what. And then during the psychedelic experience, you internalize it because there's a difference between um, how you're the language that your, your inner world talks with your, with your consciousness and your consciousness talks to your, to your inner world. They're two different language. Like you go, I want to exercise today. See, I have these words and these thoughts that I am expecting to see. Are you listening, brain? I want you to exercise today. Your inner worlds, that's just a bunch of neural firing. It's speaking a total, totally different language altogether. It's not until you actually, um, you know, whatever happens that motivates you to exercise. Usually your inner world's just like, well, you know what? I feel like sleeping today. So, uh, you know, yep. you're saying one thing, but actually doing another. Um, it, it it takes actually doing the thing, and then and then getting the endorphins afterwards. It's just this reward mechanism where your brain's like, "I like that thing. What the heck was that about? We're gonna try that again." And um, so, so you know, there's two different kind of languages going on. Um, and and so to take something that you already intellectually knew and have the psychedelic experience where that bridge is formed where both your subconscious and conscious world, and I I wouldn't blame people for not agreeing with necessarily the language that I'm, that I'm using and people have different ways of articulating this, but, um, but, but making that connection and feeling it, knowing what to do and, and internalizing and feeling what to do, are definitely two very, very different things. And so that's why it can seem a little bit silly afterwards because all of your, uh, you know, most most of the big epiphanies that you, you know, you tell someone you had the most amazing experience on your first mushroom trip or whatever. And then people are like, you know, what did, what, People want to know, what was the point? What did you learn? What could I get out of this? That's what people are basically asking. Yeah. And then you go and and like everything that you're going to say that you're going to put in our language is probably going to sound like some bullshit that's already embroidered on near grandma's decorative pillow somewhere. And it's, 
It's got to be, I get it now. Home is where the heart is. Holy shit. You know, and <laughs> I was sweating the small stuff this whole time. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's because those things, you know, there's a reason for those sayings. And there's also a reason why those sayings are boring or commonplace. And we tend to like just see them and not really internalize them. And there's a reason mm -hmm. why those psychedelic experiences help you connect and internalize those things that you already intellectually know. And then trying to relay that to the outside world is going to make someone be like, I could have told you that. Well, yeah, <laughs> you could have told me that. You couldn't have made me also feel that and right. integrate that. Or it would have been pretty challenging to do without like many years of therapy or something. And, um, and so that's, you know, that's part of the challenge of, um, of, of trying to articulate these experiences. And that's part of why I like what I do because I love mm -hmm. articulating these experiences and, uh, you know, I've like, I'm decent at it. Uh, and like, it's really, it's really Agreed. hard to <laughs> like, like some, some people can paint uh, uh, like a psychedelic world. And I'm like, how the fuck? Same. Can you do? <laughs> I, I Whoa, get jealous like, of that that's shit. It. Yeah. You fucking did it. What the fuck? And like, you painted you what's know, in my head. <laughs> and I'm able to like tap into a little bit of the kind of psychological experience of it. And, and that's, you know, like that's my own form of like art and expression of it. And that's, and that's what I like about the world of, uh, of psychedelics. Um, but, um, but yeah, ultimately, um, I think that's the reason why I've gotten whatever little bit of attention that I've gotten um, mm -hmm. from doing this is because people are frustrated with trying to share these experiences True. with their significant other or their family or what have you. And so people bring them to my show instead. And also it's sometimes there, there might be someone like I am good at articulating these experiences to a crowd, you know, who I can't articulate them well to my own mother, <laughs> because there's a different dynamic going on there. I have sympathy and with sometimes that, yeah. people just need to hear stuff from someone else. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes people don't respect the, like uh, their best friends or spouse's opinion as much as some stranger on stage. That's like written a couple jokes that's or so came true. up with some clever little quotes. So <laughs> that's just, um, that's something that yeah. I'm, that I'm able to offer. It's like they, they have like a biased view of you in a sense of, you know, I, I, I've basically what I'm trying to say is I fall into a similar issue of, oh, wait, so you don't, you don't, don't want to hear what I'd say. Well, here's, here's this, this, and this person that is going to say literally the same exact thing I'm saying, uh, yeah. but it's someone else. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Anyone <laughs> yeah. else, but you said this. Wow. Yeah. That of course I don't say something. it that way, but as I'm, <laughs> yeah. as I'm recommending these people, I'm like, well, this is, they're literally about to say exactly what I just said to you, but here you go. Here's an authority figure for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But I want to go off the, the point because I agree with you completely with the, like the whole epiphanies thing is, is yeah, it's like the game. It's like an art game of, of creation to figure out like, Oh, you know, they, someone's curious about what I experienced. How do I say this in a way that a, they don't think I'm a complete crazy person that had some crazy hallucinogenic experience and, and is now borderline going off the deep end to also making them aware of like, Oh, that's why you internalized this X epiphany and, and yeah. And the other issue is, is, is yeah, it's your unique personal psychedelic experience. So it's going to be really hard because as soon as you start trying to, because internally you're internalizing it, which is unique to you and only you can really connect with, with you in a sense. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you start trying to do it externally, people are going to have their own image of what that should be. And yeah. it's just, it's just not going to, you can connect as much as you can. And that's why you're, you're right. I think everyone kind of has their preferred creative output. Like some people are able to express it in art and you look at an art piece, you're like, oh yeah, I see where you're going with that. I, I yeah. had something similar to that. And it's kind of like the, your earlier point about like the inside joke. It's like, oh, 
I'm, I'm in on your joke now. I get what you're doing there. And yeah, some people yeah. it's music and some people it's words and writing or whatever it is. And yeah. I like to think I'm trying to make mine also words as well. And because it's the one that I, I feel like I'm the most naturally inclined to do. And yeah, it's, it's just like an interesting process of figuring out how to make these realizations into reality so people can relate with them. And it's not even saying that you need... And not even relate with that. I mean, and everyone relates on different levels, too. Right. Like, oftentimes, True. you'll relate to a song uh, on a way that a musician never intended just because exactly. they didn't yeah. have that, like, experience of, like, tripping over a fire hydrant when they were... yeah. So they would have never thought of... Mm. Uh, thought of, point. like, yeah. how, how that one lyric could be interpreted in their own... <laughs> In their own way, or whatever. yeah, the way the it, way those lyrics like pop things into your mind, they have they, you have no idea how that's gonna affect certain people, yeah. And like you know, it's it's so so we all resonate on these different levels, and, and then there's it, you know, I was I was actually just talking with a friend before this about uh Aesop Rock, not Aesop Rocky, Aesop Rock, um, lyric. Uh, he, he has this album with Kimya Dawson. He's a rapper that I really like. He talks a lot about depression and being yeah. like a bit of a loner and um, isolation quite a bit. And so I relate um, and I really resonate with a lot of what he says. And um, and I think we've had like somewhat similar paths. Um, and he has this lyric um, about about like kind of being young and not really fitting in with like the typical like kickball and sports and like mm -hmm. other things that everyone else liked and kind of turning to like skateboarding and these kind of rebellious like individual sports and he has this lyric about how I, I would like to think it's because I was a rebel but truthfully um it's easier to say oh hell than say oh hello and that for That's, me yeah was was just like Oh shit. That's what I, that's what I did my whole life. Oh my God. The whole, like in all the self-esteem issues that were attached with it and everything else in my mind, the first time I heard that went on this journey of like recalling all of my past memories that that relates to, or like being scared to talk to girls or raise my hand in class or, 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 um, uh, fit in with the cool kids or take a chance on a new project or dream or whatever, like all of these things, someone else might hear that lyric and be like, oh, okay, what a, sounds <laughs> like this dude needs a few more friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, no, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so that's, that's part of, that's, that's part of what the psychedelic community is able to offer seemingly is like so many different aspects of through through art through like painting through music through food through like through um through activism through festivals um uh, uh, through uh, through spoken word now through um through comedy um because of uh you know i um more more and more that's been you know bill hicks is like one of the first maybe george carlin had some lsd references or whatever too and it's just like been building um mm -hmm. over the over the years and now we live in a world where like talking about psychedelics might become cliche like talking about weed is now whereas like 10 years <laughs> ago that was still like some real cutting edge it's, it's still surprising like, me how fast that's shifting but yeah you're you're right to like see someone smoke a bong openly like on the internet like whoa, whoa. that person's <laughs> smoking a bong and now or admit like, to even using psychedelics like you asked me that five years ago i'd be like um no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> yeah yeah well that's uh, it's it's an interesting new world where we're all we're all getting to like come out of the closet a little bit even like gwyneth paltrow and i mean i have i i i take issue with some aspects of the spiritual side of the community and some aspects. same I, I i mean i i just don't fit in in any collective group of people really but 
um some, some of the wellness similar stuff issue. yeah um it's like a lot of snake oil but it's still like um it's still exciting to be living in a world where um a middle-aged housewife who's like never broken a law or had like a real active rebellion in their life is just like maybe i'll try these mushrooms like that is a very different world than True. where things were even like 10 years ago yeah yeah it's it's still mind-blowing to me and yeah i guess and some of the, the similar sentiments I'm, I'm fascinated with is because i i see it like for example, you brought up the issues with the the spirituality community and like the wellness stuff. And then like, I see like two sides of that where it's like, I see where people could get into some kind of, you know, sketchy danger, maybe even dangerous beliefs. But the other side of me is like, but also they're just comfortable being able to be like, yeah, this is what I believe and find like a little community or a place where they're able to talk about that stuff and express Absolutely. it. And that stuff fascinates me because yeah, you know, and, and it's not even saying like like I was kind of saying before, uh, psychedelics isn't necessary to kind of have this realization of, oh, like if I want to find people to connect with, start like creating or expressing you, like however you connect with doing it, whether it's painting, music, yeah, art, I mean, food. Yeah, that's. I, I guess my issue with it is is that if, if someone's that one they tend to take themselves a bit too seriously like True. i sometimes get guff of like oh a comedian talking about these sacred plant medicines well i'm not sure we should joke about such th like what do you think shaman don't laugh do you, do you, <laughs> like what That's the fuck so are true. you talking about it's just like these people that take themselves i take myself way too seriously sometimes right. too where we Same. all fall yeah. victim to our own damn egos but um the the ego death the ego lists out there seem to seem to have the biggest ones but but there's the um the idea that as i would consider myself say an agnostic if not atheist um but if you uh, you you take the most spiritual person you can and me one of the more skeptical people that exists in the community you have a sit down together and gobble mushrooms and put us in an mri and you you say to the spiritual person let us know when you feel like you've c connected with a spiritual experience you look at the activity in their brain when they say that this is at this moment. Okay. I'm feel. I'm connecting. I'm feeling it right now. If you could show me that basically the exact same thing isn't happening in my brain, I'd be shocked. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's just, it's just different ways of articulating it. Yep. It's just my way of articulating it is I might be very full of shit and you are more than welcome to question me on anything that I say, in fact, I encourage you to. And I hope that we keep on striving to learn and question yeah. things. And some of the um, spiritual folk, um, I would say, aren't as receptive to having their sacred divine perspectives. Um, uh, but... All of that is to say is most of them are swell folks. And, uh, and I've, learned, uh, I've learned just as much from the spiritual folks in the community as the researchers. I take a bit more issue with the, with the um, conspiracy folks in the community um, personally, but that's same. just because I got to hear. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it, <laughs> it, yeah. it, I just get messages from people all the time. And it's just like, People that have clearly never listened to my podcast just know that I talk with scientists, have constructed their own idea that scientists are some like evil geniuses or something like that, yeah. trying to like 
make viruses with 5g towers or whatever oh yeah weird I, was, ideas I was figuring that's the one you were talking because that's like the really popular one right now i'm like okay calm oh, down there's <laughs> a lot of popular ones right now and then yeah. and that's just like and 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 it's a problem in the comedy community as well so i i'm actually like i i've been i've been um i've been taking less uh i i i, I checked out your stuff and and you know i'm i'm still pretty receptive to um i say yes to too many things but i've been more cautious lately and i'm taking steps back from um from some of my psychedelic advocacy at the moment one because mm -hmm. i feel like i do my best work live in front of an audience and provide a very specific service live in front of an audience that no one else can and uh whereas digitally there's just a lot of people that can do conferences and talks and everything else. right yeah but the uh, the other thing is is that like um you know during um during normal times um conspiracy theories are like a fun little hobby and indulgence yep. mm -hmm. that we can but during a <laughs> pandemic yeah, uh, I, I just, um, it's kind of time to grow up and like, we all, we all need to do our part, um, so that we are getting through a global pandemic and the conspiracy theorists are just wearing me down. And, yeah. uh, and, and I'm just like, it's so disheartening, um, to see. And so that's, you know, I, I only say all of this is just because like, I've always said this and I'll continue to say it. I don't think psychedelics are for everybody. I'm, I'm not a, Agreed. I'm not a, the world would be a better place if we all just dosed the drinking water with LSD mm -hmm. um, type of a guy. I don't even think that, I think psychedelics are for me. I don't think that every psychedelic is for me on a given day with the given mindset for the certain goals, you know, it's so context dependent exactly. that, um, that at, at the moment they're getting popular enough where the use of, um, of psychedelics is potentially outpacing the knowledge about how to use them, um, effectively. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause I basically everything you, <laughs> I agree is, you know, and kind of going off your conspiracy theory point is like, yeah, regular times, a lot of times I'm like down to have those fun little conversations. Sure. Like, oh, you, There's you know, what certainly if, what plenty if of corruption true? in this yeah. world? There's yeah. Certainly lots of people with lots of power that are not only capable of corruption, but more than yeah. capable of corrupting themselves and not even knowing it. And we all have biases and everything else. We should mm -hmm. absolutely be skeptical, uh, skeptical and calling out the people with the most power in our world. Exactly. Absolutely. And that is why when you go on some rant about shape-shifting fucking lizard people <laughs> making 5g tower viruses now i can't now i can no longer that hurts my cause of trying mm -hmm. to attack the powers that be because right. you've just made a fool out of everyone that's actually trying to put the hierarchy in check yeah, and, and there's some that like the, like those. I'm like, I just like to laugh at those. But then the, I get it. Like there is some that sure you can find some maybe slivers of truth that are onto something because I think of them as like cool stories that maybe like started with something a little bit more fact based yeah. and they add all this all this stuff to it to make it sound cool. Like I get yeah. that, and I guess my big because yeah, I, I from the sentiment I got from you is like yeah, you're kind of watching what shows you go on, who you talk to, who you put your name with basically, because psychedelics are, is a growing community and it can get a little worrisome of where you're putting your name because I have fallen to a similar thing as, you know, as my show grows, I don't want my name to be on things of they're, they're talking about that super woo woo stuff. Don't get me wrong. I like talking to those people. I respect those yeah. people still, 
But (laughs) some people's calling in the community is more of connecting to the people that are not exactly deep in the space. And there needs to be those those lines. It's it's you know, this this exists within every this exists within the comedy community. This exists within the scientific community. This exists everywhere. It's just that, you know, psychedelics are having a bit of a moment right now. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of like. There, there's just a lot of like people kind of grabbing at power and a lot of like opportunists right. out there. And right now I'm just like, you know what? I wasn't really all that comfortable with like being labeled as a psychedelic comedian anyway. Like <laughs> all of this stuff just happened naturally. And I was like, if anything pushed into it through like fans and other things that just heard me like happen to mention things on mm-hmm. podcasts and I happened to grab attention, like, so I'm like, uh, I'm more interested in putting other things um, yeah. forward now. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth. But and also, I just don't like groups. So if I find myself in any part of a group, if I find myself, if I'm in L.A. surrounded by all my liberal friends, I'll be like criticizing like super liberal ideas. Now I'm in the Midwest surrounded by more rural conservative folks so i'm back in my default mode of criticizing (laughs) that and like the world that i came from and grew up around and it's just i'm i'm gonna do that with any group that i'm uh that i'm a part of so i i don't you know it's all it's all just a part of the natural process but but i will say is that uh yeah I, i i don't know is anytime anything gets popular there's gonna be this is Mm -hmm. just this is just like you know what what's gonna it's just what happens with anything yeah if someone if someone gets like if someone gets popular with uh oh gosh what i forgot her name um oh geez come on why am i forgetting her name she did a stand-up special or she is pregnant um gosh wish i could help you <laughs> uh, and, and, and blew up um she and she's really funny um but like immediately the industry was like okay people like pregnant comedy that okay that's what we need more get more pregnant, get pregnant. People pregnant. Do comedy, get all the, and now it's just like well, are you pregnant okay well then you got a comedy spot. yeah <laughs> like um yeah. to like yeah <laughs> to like forward pregnant comedy because that's the hot thing right now and like that's that's just what's going to happen with anything mm-hmm. uh, you know like uh okay virtue signaling uh, okay that's a that's a new catchphrase we all just learned okay now anyone that has anything to say about virtue signaling let's get them on a podcast and talk about that and like any anything something like gets hot and it's yeah. still really new there's going to be a lot of like opportunists and there's going to be a lot of like um unwitting like exploitation and there's going to be a lot of uh people try to um, find their find their area so they also take it to the extreme as well and i think that happens a lot in the psychedelic community where how how crazy can i push this to be able to to say this this weird thing is true and yeah. it also i think adds to the fact that when yeah. you have a psychedelic experience a lot of people come away thinking that whatever they just experience is more true than truth itself yeah so it just kind of adds to that too so yeah i totally agree yeah well that's anyway. the other danger of like communicating these things is like you know, painting is like, you know, this is like inherent within this art piece that this is a representation, that this is a piece of art that is open to interpretation. Uh, whereas like when we say something, people are like, well, they said that, therefore that's what they meant. Not like, this is how I was feeling today. This is the thing that I've been thinking about um, lately. And and so when you talk about the psychedelic experience before you've had a chance to integrate it i know from having mental health issues from having manic episodes and stuff myself where um from my own experience 
yeah. what can happen is you start sharing a little too soon. And then you like, after you share, you go, Oh, wait, uh, that's not quite what I meant. But, but now you're like attached to it, mm-hmm. but you're still trying to like make it fit within like have ha- having had time to like let things right. integrate and like ground things a little bit more. But now you're trying to like, now you're forced to because you shared that it's hard to be like yeah never mind all that shit that i said right after i got done tripping here's what i meant to say you're still like too attached to that thing that you said so Mm -hmm. you'll have people be like i know that i said that the mayan prophecies 2012 were (laughs) like the world was gonna end or whatever and it's 2020 but like what I meant was it did come true. It was just like a different, they were right, but it was like a different kind of a, it was like, okay, the world didn't like end in the way that we, but it was like, okay, we're in a parallel. And and, and that's when <laughs> like it, it's, it, it becomes hard to let go um, mm-hmm. because you already put it out there. Um, yeah. That people fear being wrong too. Yeah. And, and so, so that's another thing of like, once you get blabbing, once you're, you, you, okay, you just had your first psychedelic experience. It was great. Now you've been doing psychedelics for three months and you have so much to say. This has been life-changing for you. If you start talking too fast, if you start trying to position yourself too fast, you're mm-hmm. going to find yourself attached to too many new ideas and you're and you're going to find yourself defending too many rookie mistakes uh, and, and having that be a part of your like legacy of thought, legacy of of uh, of communication. And I only say this as someone who's done it in the past. Like th- these are the sorts of things that can land you in a psych ward. I know it's happened to me multiple times. These are the sorts of things that can that can make you per- potentially need to go on mood stabilizers. Just the difference between like, I gotta tell people all of the fucking truth that I now know. And just like, instead sitting with that, seeing if it helps you exercise more or get more on top of your shit <laughs> and get, give a little time for grounding, then try to communicate it. That's, that's, that's what I. That's advice that I would give to anyone, whether it's their mm-hmm. first trip or whether they're wanting to share with people or anything else. Is it's just like it's nobody's fault. It's just like a very natural part of what happens um, yeah. psychologically and a bunch of cognitive biases coming together and working against you and your own mental health. And uh, and then, you know, like what I'm. I'm a comedian. I'm used to embarrassing myself all of, I mean, I can barely watch any, like any of my old, I've been, I've been getting on TV for, um, you know, close to 14 years now. You think me looking back at shit I say 14 years ago (laughs) is is my favorite thing to do it's a humbling you know it's like looking back at a at a high school um you know photo of yourself shit listen to myself a month ago I'm like wow I'm an idiot (laughs) and and that's the way it goes and so there's like a fine line of you still you want to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. you want to share and there's you know balance within everything and not everyone needs this advice. Some people need the opposite advice to believe in themselves more or to share more. It's all context dependent. Um, this is this this spiel's just within the context of like now that psychedelics are becoming now now they're putting specials about psychedelics on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and, and these are things that multiple. These are things that I I was pitching three years ago and had doors slammed in my face. Not, not just my own projects, but people asking people mm-hmm. with a lot more power higher higher up than me asking to write on a psychedelic project, host a psychedelic, uh, you know, huge, tremendous forces behind it. And then just doors slammed in the face uh, of just like, 
we can't talk about those substances. Now the floodgates are opened and, and They're way um, open <laughs> and, and it's going to be like a mad dash uh, to like, who has things to say about psychedelic? Okay. This person gets a special, this person gets a special. And, um, and so, you know, mistakes will be made. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I hope people, I hope people like are just a little bit understanding of that and know that there's lots of different ways of viewing these things. And, and, uh, yeah. my, my big thing is, and I feel like you probably definitely have a very similar sentiment is as long, like say whatever people can say, whatever the fuck they want, mm -hmm. but I want people if to have like a conversation, for example, especially around psychedelics, I need them to have that line there of, I could, could be completely full of shit. Like what I'm saying to you right now might be not true at all. <laughs> and that's all, yeah. that's like, that's like the big thing I need is that it's basically yeah. skepticism. I need that skepticism in there. Otherwise I might end up thinking you're a crazy person. And that's, yeah. and that's just reality of, you know, we have limited time on this earth and there's lots of fun conversations to be had, but there's some that I do think I'm like, oh, well, time and place maybe yours is a little bit too destructive right now so eh, yeah time and this brings me to why i love science so on my science podcast here we are i've had like about 300 episodes maybe mm -hmm. about 10 of them are about psychedelics okay and when they are it's like you know the right. multidisciplinary <clears throat> association of psychedelic studies or something like that like re researchers do and, and, I, and i'm not saying that like lab coat researchers are like the one and only that are the truest right. best take on psychedelics no, none of that but what what i'm saying what i love about scientists and what what i think the psychedelic community could learn my goal is is to get the psychedelic community into science and scientists into psychedelics that's what i'm <laughs> that's what i'm here to do that's that's my mission i, I um, love but, that yeah but um i what I love about scientists is they say, I don't know more than anyone. They say, oh, actually, and they, and they provide a different way of looking at things with almost anything you can say. I have scientists on all the time where if, if I had uh, the, the, the time and the mindset to actually like prep for interviews, like I should do more often. And I like look through their work. I'll be like, I'll cite a paper that they published like three years ago. I'll read it and be like, so this, blah, 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 uh, you know, this interpretation of like why dogs bark uh, or, or what have you. And that person that wrote that paper, that might be their finest, most notable work. Well, without almost a sliver of a uh, that person is very likely to go actually like, oh, we've actually learned quite a bit since that time and i was actually i was pretty wrong about the couple of these here's what we've learned since then here's what we still don't know and like they definitely are they're explorers of the unknown they really embrace uncertainty the whole job of like most academics is explore is figuring out more of the stuff that we don't know figuring out what is wrong about past studies and um that that is that that's like people that are just due to psychedelics or what they they some so many people like wish i talked more about psychedelics on my show because they hear me as a guest talking about them but if you listen to like things like someone talking about evolutionary biology or something like that, that's the trippiest shit in Agreed. the world. That's that's like I try to make a similar argument. Yeah, and and it's trippy. That's yeah. That that's so you know psychedelics should be the tool, not the not the goal. They mm -hmm. they're, they're the means, not not the end. Yeah, and I will say, like, my audience will be persuaded by you saying that as well because psychedelic stuff is kind of a new thing I've gotten into. The people, my audience is way more into kind of the philosophy and then also uh -huh. the science side of things. And yeah, I'm 
kind of bringing them into the fold of connecting. Because I do think all these worlds connect because it's just basically all the worlds connect because they're all trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And <laughs> as we're, as we're right. sitting here in like a speck of dust, like what, what is this experience, this thing? And there's just so many ways. There's science plays a really important role because they have reliable information. I think psychedelics have an important role because they make you internalize weird shit. <laughs> and, you know, philosophy is another thing is it's, it's all like trying to fit into understanding what the fuck's going on. And the reason I like philosophy is because it's raising the questions of, oh, what should we explore here? You know, what, what are yeah. the questions that we need to ask? Yeah, philosophy, all that is, stuff. Like, philosophy is basically like step one. Yeah, of exactly. Science, like, like you have to come up with the idea to investigate and mm-hmm. test in the first place. But yeah, yeah, totally. So anyway, I know we're running towards the end here. So give everyone your sales pitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Why should I mean, they listen to you? That, no problem. Um, best thing you could do is go to shanemoss.com. That's M-A-U-S-S.com. I have a science podcast. Here we are. I'm bumping it up to doing two to three episodes a week. We also started putting out highlights so you can start getting a, so I created a YouTube channel during the pandemic, which no one watches yet because I haven't put much uh, still. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I I've I've (laughs) still been working on fine tuning the quality of it and making and experimenting before I really put it out there, Mm -hmm. but you can find it on my website and that way you can decide what things you're, see like three minutes of something and decide what you want to explore more um i did this fun web series the first like web series i've ever put together called quarantine couple which should put out 10 episodes and we're going to do more soon i have like old stand-up and other things i have a documentary called psychonautics a comics exploration of psychedelics which is free on amazon prime if you're not into amazon um don't don't blame you for a second it's certainly available for rent or purchase on youtube and uh vimeo and tons of other uh platforms and if you want to go that route that's more money for me have at it um (laughs) so screw bezos and also give me more money um and uh yeah social media stuff you know i i most i'm I wasn't doing Instagram until quarantine, believe it or not. And I'm starting to put most of my social media efforts, which are still pretty limited because I have mixed feelings about social media on Instagram. So you can check that out. And yeah, that's everything. Dope. It's a fun combo. Yeah, man, that's great. 